John 1, 29-34 The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Good morning and Happy New Year. Thank you. I have, um, as, as the years go by and um, when I look at the calendar and uh, it is uh, 2023, I have a, a secret where I get comfort from. I have another calendar. And when, whenever I see that calendar, I'm eight years younger. It's Ethiopian calendar. In Ethiopia now, it's 2015. It's not 2023. So if you want to be um, eight years younger, you know, buy Ethiopian calendar and put it on your, in your um, uh, sitting room and look at it every time and just ignore the 2023, the European calendar. Good. Let's, let's, let's pray. Precious and wonderful Father, we come before you in the holiness, in the righteousness, in the worthiness, in the glory of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, and we ask that you speak to us, minister to us, and ignite our hearts with your love this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a, a common understanding between a secular mind and um, a Christian mind when it comes to recognizing the problem in the world. They both want to fix the world. They both understand that there is something fundamentally wrong in the world. There are all kinds of challenges and problems, struggles they both recognize. Corruption, depression, Sickness, injustice, death, conflict, addiction, anger, and hatred, and etc. But they fundamentally differ in an understanding of the nature or, and source of the problem as well as its solution. For a secular mind, the problem of humanity could be solved by human cleverness, education, effort, civilization, by the advancement of technology and science. At least that was prior to the First and Second World War, when it comes to European context. Prior to the, the First World War, the mood of the Western civilized world was that of great optimism and reliance on human goodness. Education, progress, civilization was seen as, a, as the answer. There was a, a sense if humanity continues in this path, its future is bright and able to solve, to solve its problems. 
There was a belief that any conflict could be solved by peaceful, um, uh, peacefully. Arnold Toynbee, on his book, Surviving the Future, declare, uh, described the mood before the First World War this way. We expected that life throughout the world would become more rational, more humane, more democratic, and that slowly but surely political democracy would produce greater social, social justice. We had also expected that the progress of science and technology would make mankind richer, and that this increasing wealth would gradually spread from a minority to a majority. We had expected that all this would happen peacefully. In fact, we thought that mankind's course was set for an earthly paradise, and that our approach towards the goal was um, predestined for us by historical necessity. And then at the peak of this optimism, the first world, the war broke out and millions of people died. And as we know, soon after the second world war followed, exposing the capacity of human cruelty. Sin made the optimism of humanity unattainable. All kinds of things have been proposed through, through the year as a solution for, for human predicament. Time and time again, it is proved that the human condition sin cannot be resolved by human effort. Human beings need a savior. Chuck Todd, the host of NBC's uh, Meet the Press guy tweeted on a Good Friday in 2018 saying, I don't mean disrespect to the religious aspect of the day, but I love the idea of uh, reminding folks that any day can be good. All it takes is a little selflessness on our own part. Works every time. Dalai Lama also suggested that change in the world comes from individuals, from the inner peace in an individual's heart. Just as ripples spread out when a single pebble is dropped into water, the actions of individuals have far-reaching effects. Both of these um, course tells us, tells us that we can cure and even defeat the evil in the world if we, if, we, if we all just be less selfish and release some of the inner peace from our, uh, from our hearts. Choked choke Toad and the Dalai Lama are telling us that we, the human race, can change the world one self, selfless act, one people of inner peace at a time. There are at least two fundamental um, um, problems with this proposal. One is it undermines the power and the scope of sin and evil in the world. And it leaves God completely out of the picture and puts man at the center. History showed us this doesn't work. O.S. Guinness, the author and social critic, estimates that in the 20th century, over 200 million people were killed by their fellow human beings. And the destruction has not stopped. Sex trafficking, human slavery, government corruption, persecution, addiction, especially drug addiction, sexual immorality fueled in part by um, internet pornography, 
a breakdown in the family, a culture of hatred is now the norm in many parts of the world. So here in this scripture, John declares that the ultimate answer for human problem is the Lamb of God. That is the ultimate answer. And in these six verses, John tells us at least three things about the Lamb of God. He's trying to tell us our need for the Lamb of God. And, and the power and the significance of the Lamb of God. And certainly the worthiness of the Lamb of God. Our need for the Lamb of God. The, the world needs the Lamb of God. This means that the condition of the, the fallen humanity necessitates a savior. The optimism and reliance on human goodness and capacity to solve its own problem indicates a, a, a drastic failure to understand, the, to understand the power of sin, evil, and evil in the world. Totally, totally uh, fails to understand it. And how it has corrupted everything, created animosity between God and man, between man to himself, between man to others, and to nature. It's not the condition of a few, but all humanity uh, are in this, in this kind of condition. No one is immune to this. Part, pa, Paul described in this way in Romans 3. He said, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together became worthless. There is in no, no one who does good, not even one. So Paul is talking about the, the, the condition of the human heart. You know, because of sin, the human heart is corrupt. And Jeremiah said that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. It cannot cure or provide its own salvation. Who can understand it? So behind the smiles and, and expensive suits and lifestyles, there's a cry in, in, in the human heart for salvation. Behind the, the optimism and the bravado, bravado and bound by a powerful slave master, sin, there is a despair in the hearts of humanity. There's a cry in the hearts of humanity like that of Paul. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? There's only one hope for humanity. That is the Lamb of God. Humanity not only needs the lamb, but cannot provide its own lamb. God has provided his own lamb, the lamb of God. He is a gift. That's what uh, John the Baptist was crying out. This is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We have a message to declare to the world like, like John, pointing to the lamb of God. This is the lamb who took away my sin. This is the Lamb of God who will take away your sin, who will take away the sin of the world. The second point John is pointing out for us is that the power and significance of the Lamb of God. What is the significance of this Lamb, this Lamb of God? The answer is huge. He is able to take away the sin of the world, the sin that corrupted humanity, the sin that corrupted the world. He is able to take away the sin of the world without any exception, any kind of sin and evil are covered. 
There is no sin too scandalous, no wickedness too terrible, no habitual failure too often repeated that it cannot be taken away by Christ, our heavenly Lamb. In his hymn, and it, uh, Isaac was declares that not all the blood of beasts, one Jewish uh, on Jewish altar slain, could give the guilty conscious peace or wash away its stain. But Christ, the heavenly Lamb, takes all our sins away, a sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. Believing, we rejoice to see the curse remove. We bless the Lamb with cheerful voice and sing his wondrous Lamb. Glory be to the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God, an expression, this expression is found in the Bible only in, in, uh, here in this, in this uh, place and in verse 36. John chose this unique way of describing, uh, referring to Jesus' mission to point both uh, to the sacrifice, to, to the sacrificial Lamb of God or offering, the sacrificial offering that Jesus would become to pay for our sins so that we may receive forgiveness and reconcile and be reconciled with God. And as John later indicates in his letter, uh, he is atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for our, but, but also for the sins of the whole world, the sacrificial lamb. And to his subsequent conquest of all evil powers as a Passover Lamb, to bring deliverance from the power of sin. So there is this lamb who, who are offered for our sin to bring us forgiveness. There's also a Passover lamb who are actually delivering us from the power of sin. So this is both. So that means he provides forgiveness by being the sacrificial lamb. You know, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, as Jeremiah, uh, as Isaiah 53 says. He took all our sin, our punishment, and died on the cross. This means that we are forgiven. We are forgiven. We can approach the throne of God without any guilt and condemnation, with, with, with clean conscience to worship him. We can stand in the presence of the Holy God lifting our hearts and our hands before him, worshiping him without feeling any guilt or condemnation because we are forgiven. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who have benefited from the works of the Lamb of God. At times, we repent before God and still continue to live in guilt and condemnation. There are so many people who are living in guilt and condemnation, not only outside of the church, but in the church, living without guilt. I remember meeting this lady in, 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 in my previous church that she always comes to church late. She, she, she's not, she doesn't live far from the church, but she comes after, always after the worship, just about when the words were about to preach. And I, I said to her, why are you missing the worship, the worship time? Why, why don't you come on time? And she said, said to me, I, am, I, I, I can't worship God. I, I am too ashamed. I feel guilty all the time. I cannot lift up my hands and worship him and sing before him because I, I am always condemned uh, uh, and, and have this guilt. 
You know, there are people who are, who are as, as Christians, we are, we, who are actually um, going through that. And, and she said to me, she said to me, and as I was talking to her, I realized that she was actually waiting to feel forgiven. She, she was waiting to have that feeling of forgiveness. You see, that is, that is the problem. After we repented before God, we wait to feel forgiven without receiving his forgiveness by faith. You see, in Christianity, um, feeling follows our faith, not the other way around. We believe and receive his forgiveness by faith. And as we do and stand on his word, then the feeling uh, follows. We need to receive our forgiveness by faith. I think the second reason why Christians, people in the church live in, with guilt and condemnation is that we fail to forgive ourselves. Once we receive forgiveness from God, but we refuse to forgive ourselves. We're always condemning how, how, do, how, how can you do this kind of thing. And, 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 and it's very important for us to forgive ourselves. Otherwise, that leads into self-pity and even more into more sin. What I do, what I used to do whenever uh, uh, I struggled to forgive myself, I used to stand in front of uh, a mirror and speak to myself. I say, Germa, God has forgiven you and I will forgive you too. And at times when that is, that is hard for me, I used to argue with myself in front of the mirror. And I say, who, who, do you, who are you to, not to, to, to withhold forgiveness uh, when God has actually forgiven you? So we need to learn to forgive ourselves in order that actually could block uh, uh, for us from enjoying uh, the forgiveness of God. We have been forgiven. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He not only brings forgiveness of sin by being the sacrificial lamb, but deliverance from sin by being the Passover lamb. He broke the power of sin and provided deliverance. You know, he gave us freedom from sin. It's not just forgiveness of sin. So that whenever we, we you know, um, uh, while we are living under the power of sin. No, Jesus broke the power of sin. He broke the power of sin. John declares later in chapter uh, 8 that, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You are free indeed from the power of sin. Freedom to choose what is right. We are no more under the power of sin. This means that we are not fighting for freedom from sin. We are not, we are not invited to fight and win that victory. No. You know, we are not. We, we, you know, we, if we are fighting for freedom to gain victory over sin, we will never be able to, to do that. He, Jesus already have, have achieved that victory for us. The battle is not left for us to fight. He fought and conquered victory for us. Our task is to take that victory by faith. John asks uh, this, this uh, he says in, 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 in his letter, later on he says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Not, not for you to, to, to engage in battle. No, even our faith, 
our faith in the finished work of God, that Christ has broken the power of sin. We are not under sin, under the power of sin. We are under the grace of God. Who is, who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We are overcomers, brothers and sisters. The Passover lamb took away the sins of the world by providing deliverance, deliverance from sin. Our task is to apply his victory to, and, and receive it by faith. So he has given us forgiveness and also deliverance from sin. But this is not left for, our, for us to do by ourselves, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, who the Lamb is worthy to receive and give. The third point John wanted to tell us here is that the worthiness of the Lamb of God. He says the Lamb of God at the second Adam, although we don't find the idea of the second Adam in John, at the Word who became flesh, he is qualified on our behalf to receive the promise of the Spirit. John the Baptist said two things about the Lamb and in relation to the Holy Spirit. He said, the Spirit descended and remained on him. The Spirit of God came upon, upon people in the past and empowered them for a particular task. But he came to remain in Jesus. This is... This is um, a permanent anointing. This is an anointing unlike anything witnessed before in Judaism. This is the, the, the messianic anointing that John has witnessed the dawn of the messianic era. The Spirit came upon him and remained on him. The second thing that John the Baptist said that the man on whom you see the Spirit came down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. See, so, so Jesus, the Lamb of God, is not only worthy to receive the Holy Spirit, but he is also able to make others worthy to receive the Holy Spirit and baptize them. We are worthy to receive the Holy Spirit because of the Lamb of God. Our worthiness to be baptized with the Holy Spirit doesn't come from anywhere else but from the Lamb. Because of him, we are worthy to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, the baptism of the Spirit at this point, in this place, simply implies two things. One, firstly, it implies that since baptism is an act of initiation into the family of God, it indicates Christ's ushering us into his life, into the family of God. So John the Baptist baptized with water, but Jesus would baptize with the Spirit, by which would, would cause those who believe in him to participate in the, power of, in the power and grace of the new life he came to give. So as children of God, we have the Spirit of Christ. We have baptized with his Spirit, and it is his doing. So the question is, so how do we share in Christ's benefit? How do we share in the, in the benefit of the work of the Lamb? Calvin answers like this. He says, the Holy Spirit is the, the bond by which Christ effectively unites us to himself. Paul argues along similar lines. He says, when the Spirit dwells in us, we have the Spirit of Christ. And if the Spirit is in us, we will have life in Jesus Christ. In short, when you have the Spirit, you have Christ. And when you have Christ, you have the Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit unites us to Christ. Because of the Spirit, uh, because, of, because He is the Spirit, the Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. He is the Spirit of adoption, making us children of God the Father by joining us uh, with Christ our brother. We are baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the, into the family of God. Secondly, it also points to the day of Pentecost. The coming of the Holy Spirit to empower his people to be a witness for Christ. To empower us to glorify Christ. To help us appropriate Christ's victory to our life. To help us grow in the knowledge of Christ. The Holy Spirit not only empowers us for Christ-like living, but also for Christ-like serving. You know, fullness is one way to describe the equipping, the Holy, what the Holy Spirit does in our life. The Spirit fills us with boldness, courage, wisdom, and faith, and joy. We have to remember, even though the Spirit dwells within us, He can still fill us to a greater or a lesser degree. So that we may be able to serve God and give us gifts and edify, to edify one another. No Christian service is possible without the Holy Spirit. So we are invited to be baptized, to, 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 be, to, be, to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit in a continual way. That's what we see in the early church. That's, that was the early church experience. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Tim Keller commenting in his book, Prayer on, on Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, indicating a continuous um, filling. Said, remember the, the disciples on Pentecost. He said, they went out and spoke the gospel in public with such a, wonder, a wonderful lack of self-consciousness that some thought they had had too much drink. But their boldness was unlike being drunk in the most important respect. Alcohol is depressant. A deadness parts of, uh, uh, it deadens uh, parts of the rational brain. The happiness you may feel when you are drunk comes because you are less aware of reality. The spirit, however, gives you joyful fearlessness by making you even more aware of reality. It assures you that you are the child of the only one whose opinion and power matters. He loves you to the stars and will never let you go. So we are invited to receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit in a continuous manner. So let's go and, 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 and knock. We are ask God for the best gift of all. That's what uh, Jesus is saying. Let's ask him for more of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. Let's ask God to fill our church with the spirit of power. If we would like to see more of Christ, more repentance, more godliness in our life, in our church. If we would like to, uh, our church to be more loving, more faithful, more courageous, more honoring to God. All we have to do is ask the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit to fill us. Jesus himself promises a favorable uh, response. Ask for the Holy Spirit and he will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you.
the Holy Spirit brings the experience of heaven to earth. The Lamb of God made, to be, made us worthy for the indwelling of the Spirit. So John told us our need for the Lamb of God and that he is the ultimate answer for human predicament. He also told us the power and significance of the Lamb. As a sacrifice lamb, he brought us forgiveness. No guilt and condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. As a Passover lamb, he brought us deliverance from sin and evil. We have no more under, we are no more under the power of sin, but under the grace of God. He then told us the worthiness of the Lamb of God to, 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 um, to receive and give the Holy Spirit. We have been baptized with the Holy Spirit into the family of God. The Lamb became our worthiness to be baptized and to continue to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we have become partakers of the divine nature. There's no wound in your life that cannot be healed. There's no brokenness in, your, in you that cannot be amended. No sin in your life that cannot be forgiven. No bad habits that you cannot be free from. There's no weakness that cannot be strengthened by the, by, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are called to live your life with great awareness of who you have, who you have living inside of you. At the church, our vision is pursuing encounter with God that leads to mission, uh, mission for God. That's why we need to cry out for God to uh, continue to baptize us and empower us uh, by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. We have a message, church. We have a message for the world. We are called to point to the, the Lamb, saying, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The answer for the human predicament is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. If we are going through condemnation and guilt, if it is hard for you to lift up your hands and with your hearts before God to worship him, if you feel uncomfortable to stand in his presence, I have good news for you. Jesus Christ has paid the, for you the, the price for you so that you may have forgiveness. You have been forgiven. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't wait to feel forgiven, but accept it by faith. And that Christ, and, and, we, 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 and forgive yourself as God has forgiven you. And there is no sin that has power over your life. God has, Jesus has broken the power of sin over our life. We are free. We are under the grace of God. There is grace that elevates us above our weaknesses 
above the contamination of the world. We have this grace, we have this salvation given to us. We have this worthiness to receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I encourage us to lift up our hearts with our, our hands with our hearts today and cry out to God, Father, I want to be filled with your spirit. Renew uh, so that I may um, be filled with your love. I may continue and grow in the love for you, in my love for you, and in the love for, for others and the, and the people outside. That I may love humanity, I may love, I may have the heart, your heart, I may walk in your power, I may be a blessing for others. I may minister uh, to others. Holy Spirit, come upon us, we pray. Father, as we are the church, our vision is to have an encounter with you so that we may become a, 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 a ministers and servants of you. So we pray today, Father, in the name of Jesus. Fill us again, we pray. Refresh us by your Spirit. Father, maybe ignite a, a new desire, a new hunger, a new trust for more of you in our life. Holy Spirit, we pray. We have the answer, the message, Father, that, that, that the world needs. May the boldness that comes from the filling of the Holy Spirit engulf our hearts and our life, we pray. Other church, we may arise in this message with confidence and conviction. Father, that we may declare it with clarity. Father, with, with love. We pray, Father, that we may not be lukewarm, but, but burn in, in zeal for you. And, and, and Father, and, and, and um, we desire for more of you. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name. We pray.